Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Welcome to Hard Currency, the Financial Times podcast on the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and this week we have three big market-moving events. We have the Bank of England rate hike, the first in 10 years, the White House's attempt to get a tax reform programme up and running, and Donald Trump's appointment of the next Federal Reserve Chair. With me to discuss all these is UBS strategist John Wraith. John, first of all, the BOE, the market reaction. I mean, if the bank was trying to deliver a hawkish hike, then the kind of the sell-off in sterling, fall in gilt yields, market expectations of future rate hikes being pushed out suggest they haven't quite got it right, have they? Well, certainly not in the initial period after the hike, no. And we've obviously had the press conference where they've tried to explain their rationale and their, their forecasts and so on. And as you say, gilt yields have fallen significantly on the day. Um, that hasn't happened in other markets. It's very much a UK-specific move. And sterling has has certainly sold off quite hard as well. So it does, as you suggest, mean that the market has uh, taken this in a, in a more dovish way. We knew the hike was coming. It was priced in with yes. close to 100% certainty. It was all about the message as to what lies beyond. And I think as we sit here, we must assume that the future amount of tightening is actually likely to be less than we'd previously so anticipated. one and done, quite possibly? Quite possibly. And what they've done, interestingly here, is made it what we would term much more data-dependent. This hike was always more about... Uh, or, or partly about the data, of course, but also a, a, a determination by the MPC, a sort of a sort of willful hawkishness mm. to try and get rates a bit higher. They wanted to deliver a hike. Now they've basically said, having done that, we are going to go back um, to a, a situation where we only base our future views on the data. Yes. And their views in, in, in many eyes are somewhat optimistic. So if they don't come through, it's going to be hard for them to hike further. I mean, what is the evidence for this being the start of a, a rate hike? I mean, the, the, they, they talked about an interesting shift in the economy from consumption to investment and exports. They talk about signs of wage growth. And they also talk about the idea that actually we need further rate hikes in order to get to inflation target. Yeah. Is that all that reasonable? Well, um, there's good reasons to think some of these things may occur. I mean, the unemployment rate is at historic lows. Uh, inflation is above target at the moment. And if wage inflation comes through, then, you know, there will be some clear evidence that the economy is tightening up. However, in our view, that wage inflation is, 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 is not materialising yet. Now, it might. If it does, this hike will probably become the first of a cycle and, and be seen as reasonably prescient. If it doesn't, um, then I think it may be that this comes to be seen as a policy mistake because they're squeezing consumers who are already suffering through negative real earnings. And if wage inflation doesn't pick up, those real earnings are going to persist. Yeah, there was an interesting question he was asked, Mark Carney, about is this rate hike like other rate hikes around the world? He was, he was saying, well, there's global growth around the place. But actually, the UK economy, yes, it's growing, but God, it's growing quite 
quite well, there's a, there's sluggishly. An interesting, we were looking at an analysis earlier of, of this, and if you look at the um, the composite PMI indices, which are, were reliable leading indicators of growth that are looked at and, and of long historic track record, since the start of this year, that's slowed down in the UK. And you look at almost any other of the you know the, the eurozone economies, the US, Canada, the you know big G seven economies, it's accelerated. Growth's been accelerating elsewhere, particularly in the eurozone course while it's been slowing in the UK. So there's something going on in the UK which isn't seemingly happening elsewhere. And of course, most roads, as so often, lead to Brexit in, in many people's views. Um, and most views uh, about monetary policy, about the outlook for the UK economy, do incorporate an expectation of how Brexit will play out over the next year or two. If you're optimistic about it, then you know the UK can arguably participate in this global growth cycle. Mm. If you're more pessimistic, then you know the UK does look uniquely vulnerable at this point. Yes, it's always slightly invidious to compare economies, but we had the great Sintra Pact uh, earlier this year in which the idea was to retreat from quantitative easing. And yet, um, well, that seems to be very good on paper, but in practice, it seems to be quite hard. For example, Canada has had a pretty poor uh, economic data out this week and perhaps they're now heading towards caution. We had the ECB last week, which came out with a very dovish taper, which actually sold off the euros, much the way that the the, the pound has sold off today. So is that whole idea about taking the foot off the QE pedal just just becoming more difficult? Well, I I think, you know, in defence of central banks, I think it's understandable from a policy perspective desirability point of view to want to try and normalise things. However, of course, as you're implying, and quite rightly so, the economies that we're talking about need to be strong enough to tolerate that reduction in accommodation or or tightening in the case of um, a few central banks. And the jury's out. I mean, clearly, the US, for example, is performing better and has been able to withstand 100 basis points of rate hikes without too much difficulty. The eurozone certainly performing well economically, even though, the, the, as you say, the tapering is, is hasn't even begun yet. Um, but in the case of the UK, you can't go down this coordinated route if your economy doesn't justify doing so. And I think what we've seen today is an attempt by the Bank of England to step in that direction of tightening or less accommodation, but a market's perception that in doing that, you're not setting policy appropriately for your own domestic circumstances. Uh, And you talk about the UK economy being data dependent, but in fact, as Carney was saying, it's Brexit dependent, isn't it? Well, it has to be. And they do acknowledge that. They're in a difficult situation. They can't um, comment too explicitly on their expectations around Brexit. So they say, we base our our view or we assume that households and, and uh, businesses will base their decisions on an expectation of a smooth transition. And if that happens, and certainly if, it, if, if we have details of, of that transition sooner rather than later, then there's grounds for optimism on the UK. But UK politics is looking murky again, very difficult for Theresa May. Do you think that's going to weigh on uh, sterling? Well, yes, but but by extension, because it does make life more difficult in the Brexit negotiations, they're very reliant on all their MPs because of their lack of an overall majority. Um, and of course, there are there are possible ways in which the government could come under pressure and fresh elections could happen sooner than currently scheduled. And of course, just based on the opinion polls, we could get a material change of policy under a new government. So again, for businesses trying to plan investment decisions for, for consumer confidence and so on, if you don't know with certainty what sort of fiscal and political regime you're operating in, uh, it makes life more difficult. Sterling is also going to, move, going to move because of the dollar, and the dollar is clearly coming under pressure from this appointment we, we expect of Jerome Powell at the Fed. 
But also whether the tax reform plan is once again coming slightly unstuck or being so watered down as to be not, yeah. not, not significant enough. Where do you see the dollar going, John? Well, in the longer term, we are a bit negative on the dollar, partly because the US is further through its its cycle. And uh, as we were saying before, you know, the eurozone, for example, hasn't even begun to reduce accommodation yet. So, you know, we think the euro will continue its its recent strengthening against the dollar into the medium term. I mean, I think, you know, the appointment of the of the Fed chair actually we think is a source of some comfort because in such uncertain times to have the continuity of someone who's been at the Fed for a while, who has never dissented, who has been part of the sort of mainstream view um, is is pretty reassuring. I think in terms of... Sorry, is, is Powell basically Janet Yellen light? Is, 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 well, is I mean, I'm sure he's, he's his own man, but he, you know, he certainly hasn't developed a reputation as being particularly um, hawkish, hawkish or dovish yeah, you know yeah. he, he's he's towed the line he's obviously got his own views and no doubt they'll they'll develop over time and he'll put his own mark on the fed but you know for now he's seen as uh as someone who's who's relatively predictable compared to some of the other names that were floated around and therefore um, I think the markets are probably pretty relieved because they've got enough to worry about uh, enough uncertainty and as you mentioned the tax reform is is one of those where is the market just sanguine about tax reform do you think it's well it's, I think it, you know we've we've seen under under the the current administration that um, the the course of policymaking doesn't necessarily run smooth for a variety of reasons, and um, it isn't necessarily clear. Clearly, that, you know, there's a desire for for significant tax reform, but as with so much else, it has to find its way through Congress and the Senate. It has to deal with vested interests of one form or another, um, and only when we get to the end of the road will we really know what's coming. And until then, for markets, it's very difficult to assess. Okay, so you're bearish on the dollar. Yeah, mildly so we are. Bearish yeah. on sterling? Yeah. Um, constructive on the euro. Constructive on the euro. And yeah. anywhere else you uh, you like to look at? Uh, I mean, you know, those, those are our sort of main views among among the, the major global economies. You know, Japan's obviously been performing reasonably well as well. Um, but our, our sort of main view in currencies is, is that, you know, we do think this euro strength that we've seen over the course of this year as the eurozone economy has performed albeit with the help of significant monetary accommodation, but has performed beyond most expectations and continues to do so. Um, you know, as long as the ECB can tread that tapering road without um, without stumbling, which is not certain, but certainly we hope and expect to see, then we think the euro can, can strengthen further. And as long as Spain is kept in check in, in, the, in the political Clearly, you know, uh, world? There, there, are, there are strains out there which you know, which might get exposed, of course, as, as policy is normalised because these cracks are, are, are easier to paper over when conditions are very benign. And clearly the ECB's policy, for example, of buying very large amounts of, of peripheral eurozone debt has masked some of the ongoing structural strains within certainly the eurozone and, and arguably, you know, the wider yeah. EU. So time will tell whether the gradual winding back of that accommodation um, brings those stresses back into the to focus or not. Okay. My thanks to John Wraith of UBS. So next week, we'll have further reaction to that Fed appointment. We'll be looking at Asian currencies as Donald Trump tours the region. And of course, we have the resumption of Brexit negotiations. So join us again for Hard Currency. Goodbye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.